John, let me tell you a story. <laughs> oh, when I say pre-show chatter, I don't mean us, Alex. I mean like making the conversation more comfortable for the person we don't know. The buyback. Yeah, baby. Oh man. The buyback podcast takes place in a bar. If you aren't old enough to be in the bar, you're probably not old enough to be listening to the content in this podcast. For the rest of you degenerates, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let's get this party started. There we go. That did work. Yeah. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. I hope I have everything set up all right. I used to stream all the time, and I couldn't get my Yeti to work, so I was like, fuck it, we'll go AirPods. But I'm excited. Thank you for uh, giving me a chance to be on this. Like, I, I've been telling so many of my bartender friends about it. I think you guys do such a great job. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, wow. Sure. <laughs> we don't normally get complimented. That's great. I, I mean, well, it's like, I just feel like it's super relatable. Are you having a drink with us? I am. I had. I used a bottle of red wine to cook the other day, and I have to finish it so that it doesn't go bad. So cheers. cheers. <laughs> did you cook with? Did you cook with good red wine, or are you drinking bad red wine? Uh, it was given to me, so that's a win either way, right? Okay. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. I work at a yeah. dive bar. <laughs> Alex, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a gin and tonic. I'm in Florida right now, so you know it's a nice warm weather uh, drink. We were actually not here to talk about the weather, though. We should probably, like, do what we're supposed to be doing. All right, cool. And with that, then, <laughs> welcome to the buyback. Uh, my name is John. I'm Alex. And we are here with our new friend, Nikki, uh, who's going to tell us all about her experiences behind the sticks. Hi, Nikki. Hi, how are you guys? We're doing good. Doing good. Just, good. Just sitting here chatting about the weather. Uh, <laughs> Can you tell us uh, a little bit about you and where you're from? And yeah, let's start with just who you are. Yeah, so I am, I live in New York City right now, but I am a transplant from the Philadelphia area. I have about 23 years in hospitality under my belt, um, which is wild because I don't even feel sometimes like I'm 23 years old. But I've done it all. I've worked in high-end country clubs. I've worked in sports bars. I've worked in mixology bars. I'm actually milk and honey trained in the mixology world, but I hate the clientele that it attracts, so I don't do that. Um, and now I work at like a little bar that's kind of, uh, it's industry heavy. And I say it's kind of like the Misfits bar. You know, you, there's bro bars all over New York City, but now I work at a Misfits bar where we serve shots and beers and I kind of feel like I'm semi-retired and it's pretty awesome. Wait, what was, what'd you say you, you're certified in milk and honey? Yeah, the milk and honey family, like they they have their own, it's like, um, pouring ribbons and death and co. Like there's a, there's a bunch of bars in New York city that follow their, their guides basically. Got so it. where the cocktails might differ at different bars, the recipe breakdowns are the same. Oh, you know what it. I mean? So like all the simple syrup, ratio to any citrus or any other syrup they all follow like the same okay formulas wait does it give it away that i spend most time uh my time at dive bars if i don't know what the milk and honey no that, that means you're one of my people <laughs> <laughs> um coming from philadelphia is it is it different? What are bars like in Philly? What what was hospitality like in Philly? Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's really it's actually funny. So I I'm from the suburbs of Philadelphia, and I worked in what I thought was a high volume neighborhood sports bar, and we did have our nights that were high volume, 
And then when I moved to New York, I had the hardest time finding a job, even though I had 14 years of bartending experience. And then I recognized, I was like, oh, you don't make cocktails with apple pucker. You know, and that's what I learned. That's what I learned when I moved here. And it's, uh, again, happily semi-retired. I don't want to deal with, I'll, I'll gladly deal with apple pucker these days. But it's, um, I feel like the service is pretentious and the people are less pretentious versus in Philadelphia, the people think, not Philadelphia, but any city that's not New York City, the people think that they're a little more hoity-toity where the service is a little bit more mainstream. Okay. Fuck, I feel like I just pissed so many people off saying that. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Just blame it on the red wine. It's cooking wine. It's, it's the expectations. The New York customers have expectations of certain things, so the service hits that level. Where in, in the suburbs of any city, I think it's kind of the opposite of that. It's well, but like New York City is just its own animal, right? Like, there's probably no bar scene like New York City anywhere, no, I, right? I agree, because even when you go to Miami, it's fucking awful. Like, somebody told me that when you go to Miami, you can get service, but you can never get the check. And it's totally true. They take forever to come back to you to give you the check. So, again, it's not about where I'm from. It's not about Philadelphia. It's just like, I guess New York City is just a completely different animal. Yeah. Completely different animal. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, can you tell us some of the bars that, uh, Nikki has chosen to uh, remain anonymous here, but can you tell us about some of the bars that you've worked in before working uh, where you are now? Uh, yeah, so back home I worked at, um, the, the job I had the longest time was a sports bar, an Irish pub sports bar, and I was with that company for about 15 years, and it was amazing, um, and I'm grateful for everything I learned in that company. And then I came here and I worked in an American-style restaurant. I worked in an Italian wine bar. Um, I worked in a steakhouse, which is where we did that cocktail program. And then I landed at the bar that I was a regular at. They asked me to work there because I work at the industry bar, as I mentioned earlier. So um, I've stayed on the same block the entire eight years that I've worked in New York City. And and I worked worked for the Mets, too. I did work for the Mets, and that was kind of awesome. What did you do for the Mets? I was a bartender in one of their premium clubs. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And even as a Phillies fan, it was really cool because I will gladly say I am a Phillies Mets fan. Yeah. God, I'm just <laughs> pissing everyone off from back home. Did you ever work in a sports bar in Philly? Yeah, how was that? <laughs> it's fine. Don't provoke us. Okay, so it's not, okay. Batteries being I, thrown. First of all, that was in the 70s, so it's time to move on. You sound like a Cowboys fan bringing up the past. Secondly, uh, the Santa the Santa legend, that was a Giants fan running onto the field wearing a Santa hat. It wasn't the real Santa. He was stuck in the blizzard. Um, but for the most part, a lot of that stuff is, look, no sports team has perfect fans. There's shitty fans in every every city. But a lot of the stories you hear, they're provoked. So, like, just don't come up and talk shit to us, and we're not going to retaliate that's fair that's all it's brotherly love like we love each other we don't like everyone else when you're working in a bar what's one of your biggest customer pet peeves Uh, how much time do i have and how many as much time and you can do as many as you want (laughs) i literally started make i made a tiktok page just to rip on the terrible interactions i have with customers but i have to say that my biggest pet peeve if i had to pick one i'm not your mother so like when you come in and you want to run a, you don't want to run a tab because I'm afraid I'm going to forget my credit card. Like 
at what point do you have onus and, and assume responsibility for yourself? I don't want to run your credit card on every single Bud Light that you get. Like, that's so annoying. And then the question is, if I didn't hold on to your credit card, like if it were a pre-auth situation, what do you think is an acceptable tip? Because clearly you're someone that walks away. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to get autograded. And I just, that irritates the shit out of me. And so does um, people that order water after the fact. Like, you know you wanted that water when you placed your drink order. So why did you wait until I closed you out when I could have gotten you two waters with your two Bud Lights at the same time? Like, that, that, and, and I know it's really ridiculous, but it annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. Wait, so you're, you're not so much against people ordering water. You just want them to do it when they order their drink. Yeah, don't make, and, and like, because you're getting water, I had this debate with someone, and, it, and I, I won't get off of this high horse. I will die on this hill. He was like, I, I realize you get service from people from bartenders. You just wave, and you're like, no, I just want water, and then they get it for you. But, like, that's still serving you a drink. I'm not saying you have to tip me, but, like, you're a regular customer at that point. It's nice when you get tipped on water, but calm the fuck down. Just because there's not a monetary exchange doesn't make it a priority. In yeah. fact, then it should be the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, order it all together. I hate people that order on parts. I absolutely hate it. And don't call me over when you have a group of people and you don't know what everyone wants and you're ordering for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, oh. It's like wasting, they're just wasting your time, which is like in a high volume bar, it's a huge deal, right? Because you're trying yeah. to, uh, you're trying to get drinks to everybody and they're just monopolizing your time for things that could have been done quickly. Yeah. And they never have their payment out, ever, ever. And I don't get that. I'm in my 40s. I grew up in a realm where like, we held the credit card in our hand, and it wasn't tapping it on the bar. Like, everyone has ADD these days, so they all tap on the bar because they're not paying attention, and that's fine. But in our time, that was offensive. Like, that was rude. And at least you have your credit card out. Tap away. Have your credit card out. I'll, I'll deal with the rudeness. I will take it. <laughs> given, the, given the choice between tapping credit cards and somebody not having their payment ready, you choose tapping credit cards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. 100%. Because I'm tired of getting slowed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's New York that um, and you said you weren't totally anti-water but I think it's New York that has the biggest problem with water is, and I don't yeah. know if it's because everyone in New York thinks they have to be super healthy so they're always hydrating because they think they're being healthy like do we just order more water maybe that's it I was just thinking that like it's just bartenders I don't think anybody else has problem with water like well oh, you're thinking you're saying New Yorkers drink too much water I think we drink too much water I don't but think we drink more alcohol yeah, we do. That's true too. Yeah, we, everybody would die of alcohol poisoning if we didn't drink water, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, but you get like um, they drink a lot of alcohol in like Boston and like, especially like the middle of nowhere. We, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> I but they're also driving, so I'm sure they are drinking some water. Like mm-hmm. they just. I, I definitely didn't serve as much water because this. All right, so here this goes back to my my shitty point that I made early on, and I pissed all my friends off. The clientele is different when you leave New York City. Like, people outside of New York City, they it's like, you want a water so that you can drive home safely or not feel like shit the next day? They're like, no, I'm not a pussy. Like, it's this perspective of what they think the bar world is, and it's not. Like, drink that water. I don't want to hear it. But order it when you order your fucking drink. I think, you know what I've noticed, though, a lot? I mean, at least at breweries and, and some other, like, kind of dive bars, is just having a water jug out. That's right. And like, I know a lot of bars that like, even like the old, like orange Gatorade, you know, yep. bottle, the big thermos, whatever they are. Uh, and it's just in the corner and then people can get all the water they want and they don't have to bother yep. you. 
Right? Yeah, we, had, we had water like that. Yeah, and I think I think that's an easy solution, especially in New York City, where like you just put it in the corner and you just point people in that direction. Yeah. Eventually, it will run out, and then that'll be a pain in the butt. But I actually think that if you got are you guys familiar with the Narrows and Syndicated and in, in Bushwick? No. They're they're just two staples in Bushwick. One's a cocktail bar, the other one's like a movie theater, kind of like the Williamsburg Cinemas, but a little bit less mainstream, a little bit more indie, indie film. Like the Night Nighthawk without reclining seats. Yeah. yeah. Um, when they opened their water stations back up after the pandemic, that was the moment that I was like, New York is back. <laughs> like the water station for me was the litmus test. It's like yeah. these bars in Bushwick who were super, super cautious with COVID restrictions. They opened themselves their water back up. I was like, oh, we're back. Life is back. <laughs> for me, it was when I saw people passing joints on the street again. <laughs> wait that stopped there were definitely i mean yeah i think i don't know i think the passing was scary tell us a little bit about like your bartending style what do you call like consider your style are you a shots and beer person are you a uh flair bartender which i think is kind of falling by the wayside i i'm i'm too tall to be a flair bartender i will always hit anything that's above me how tall are you I'm five ten, okay. but as a as a lady bartender, that's kind of tall. Um, I love. I can do it all. I can't do flair, like I said. I've tried. I've, I haven't tried enough. Um, I just really like being a high volume shot and beer bartender. I'm in my glory if I'm just. I I, I wish that I had been in the nightclub scene in my early twenties and done nightclub bartending because I think I would have killed it. Uh, but now I'm more of high volume. But I'm. I like bullshitting with my customers too. So I like being at a bar that's kind of like has regulars, has a neighborhood feel, but still gets the New York city transient bridge and bridge and tunnel tourist kind of crowd, Mm -hmm. you know? So shot beer is my preference. It's my wheelhouse. Yeah. Is that like, I don't want to say too much about where you are now, but that's the kind of vibe you're at now. Shot beer. Oh, big time. We're known for a shot beer combo. Cool. People know they can come to us. What is the shot beer combo? Uh, $8. Or a Tecate or PBR with a shot of well liquor, which for Manhattan, I think is fantastic. Listen, during yeah. happy hour when it still existed, Crocodile Lounge used to do it for six. Just saying. Uh, and, and you got a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's true. It's, it's, it's like, a, what do they call it? Like a privilege tax, drinking in West Village versus drinking in Williamsburg. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding, by the way. I don't actually that you said it's pbr tecate mm-hmm. for the no high no miller high life no because we only have them in tall boys oh. and uh and that's that's, my... they're only they're only five bucks no, that's my that's my favorite okay can you just tell us um one or two most memorable stories from your time working at a bar i think my absolute favorite story i as i mentioned i'm I'm, i graduated high school in 1999 so i feel like family guy was written for me like not me personally but my age and um there uh is a very i mean you guys know the area i work in there is an irish pub that is very busy and very full of Bud Light bros. You know what I mean? Down the street. So I was working one night and these four people came in and the two sat at the bar and I was like, man, that guy looks so familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it. He looked at me like he could be, do you guys remember who Breckenmeyer is? Yeah. Yeah. So he looked like he could be like Breckenmeyer's cousin, but he wasn't. Road trip, right? Breckenmeyer's the the straight man in road trip. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's the skater in Clueless and yeah. John Arbuckle and Garfield. But it wasn't him because this guy was much younger. And I come to find out later that the, it was the guy that plays the husband in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But he was with some, like, Gen Z heartthrob who I'll never know who he was because there's a lot of hot Gen Z actors. And I don't know who they are. Um, and then the two people at the jukebox, I, they went right, they came in and went right to the jukebox. And I was like, ugh, these are people coming from that bar. They've probably been overserved and kicked out. And then the girl sits at the bar, and she looks super familiar to me, but I couldn't place it. And then the guy comes up to order drinks for me, and I'm, like, thinking in my head, this looks like a really young Seth MacFarlane because his skin was flawless. And then he ordered two Stellas from me, and I almost shit myself because I was like, holy shit, Brian Griffin just ordered two Stellas, and it was absolutely Seth MacFarlane. And the woman was Olivia Osman, Haley Joel Osmond's younger sister, yeah. who's an actress. Uh, and I served him his beers, and I think I spilled them because I was shaking so much. And I work in the village. Like, we see celebrities all the time. But because I grew up with Family Guy and because I aspired to be in the comedy world, I was starstruck. So I'm shaking, I'm handing him his beers, and he gives me a $100 bill. And I was like, no, absolutely not. If I didn't take the chance to buy you a beer when it's given it to me, I will regret it for the rest of my life. So he just handed me the 100 as a tip. And he tipped, nice. I tipped more later, and he was probably one of the coolest, coolest experiences that I have ever had in the bar world because he's amazing, and his skincare is flawless. I was about to say, so Seth MacFarlane in real life looks more more smooth than Seth MacFarlane on TV. As a cartoon, absolutely. He looks amazing. He looks amazing. Yeah. He's probably like eight years older than I am, six, six, eight years older than I am, and he looks like he's like 30 years old. Mm. He looks fantastic. But that's probably my favorite moment the happy and sad moments of just the community that you have with the family that you build in the bars. You know what I mean? Whether it's like my birthday and the whole neighborhood comes in at some point they pop in or you lose someone and everyone comes in, but those are, that's probably up on, on par with meeting Seth MacFarlane is just having that community. Yeah. Yeah. No, I take it back. Seth MacFarlane's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Alex, do you know what time it is? What time is it, John? Well, unfortunately, it's time for a good old-fashioned bathroom break. So we'll be right back after these messages from maybe Alex and maybe our sponsor. So here's the deal. I still love Austin Eastsiders, but we haven't been in contact with them for a while. However, I have been talking to my new friend Jim over at Screwball Whiskey. I don't know if you guys have tried Screwball Whiskey, but it is the perfect peanut butter whiskey. Now, Jim doesn't know that I'm making this ad for him right now, but we have been in talks on doing some stuff together, and he does listen to the podcast. This one goes out to you, Jim. Uh, make sure to try some screwball whiskey, because it is delightful. Mix it with jelly, put it on your turkey. And we are back. That was amazing. Uh, you have a jukebox? Yes. What do you hate when people play? Uh, when it's on, because my manager usually has it off, and with a sign saying uh, no journey, no wagon wheel, no death metal, no country music, that any of that we can skip at our discretion, or uh, no jam bands, because you could put on an OAR song and it runs for 25 minutes. Yeah. So for me, I hate, for the bar, not in my personal life, I hate jam band music and I hate metal music at the bars. Because those are the two genres of music that will completely change the whole vibe of the entire music. And some hip-hop music that's all bassy, our sound system can't handle it, and it just sounds like shit. Mm. But, but uh, that, and don't stop believing. 
I, I hate Don't Stop Believing. And well, probably Jesse's Girl. <laughs> yeah. What about Bohemian Rhapsody? That's fine, because that's, oh. that's music that makes people go nuts and spend money. Okay. And I don't, you don't hear it that often. It reminds me of Wayne's World, so that makes me happy. But okay. Journey just pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we don't we don't usually even have the jukebox on to be fully full transparency. It's on like three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> Do you say it doesn't work or is it just off? He just shuts it off. There used to be a sign on it that said nope, but now that we can shut it off and have our iPod playing through, we we just shut it yeah. off. Yeah. But I've worked in bars that had bands, like cover bands and DJs. So some of these songs, it's like I would hear them three times a night. So I, I'm over it. I'm absolutely over it. I'm, I'm good with the jukebox being off sometimes. I I don't know if you know this, but I have a question. So the money that goes into a jukebox at a bar, what happens to it? Typically, like, anything that has money inputs, that is, they're called vending, right? So if you have a pool table that takes quarters, if you have a big buck hunter, you have a jukebox, they're all owned by the same company. It's usually an outsourced company. A percentage of that money goes to the bar based on the contract that was made, but typically the bar isn't the one profiting off of it. It's yeah. the company that owns the jukebox. But like, it doesn't go, like if somebody's playing jukebox songs all night, you know, like a bartender will never see any of that money, right? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. mentioned Big Buck Hunter, and that is my all-time favorite bar game. Of those like bar games, what's your favorite? Ski ball, Big Buck Hunter. You take me. I take you as a ski ball person. I do like ski ball, but I'm very tall, and it's a lot of bending down, and that gets really annoying. Like mini golf. If I were good at it, I wouldn't have to bend down so much. Oh yeah. Um, I there was a game we had at my bar back in PA that was like golden tee, but it was bowling. So that was kind of awesome. But I would take Golden Tea over Big Buck Hunter. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. some Golden Tea. Mainly because all the bros smash the Big Buck Hunter guns, so the calibration is never right. Mm. And that's frustrating. But I am bringing my Oculus to work on a Sunday very soon, because I think that might be fun to do. Like all walk right. the plank and stuff. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about gross things? Has anything gross ever happened to you? Have you ever had to deal with something that you did not want to touch or see? The beauty of being a lady bartender is that I don't ever have to touch it. Uh, <laughs> there's always a male counterpart somewhere that is willing to assume that responsibility for a little extra cash. Um, the grossest thing I've ever seen, there were two girls at the corner of my bar, and they were really drunk, and they were drinking shots of Jaeger. Oh, God, I like, don't even know if I can get this out. <laughs> One of them threw up just like right there on the floor and then existed continuing to flirt with boys while she had brown vomit on her chin. And the other girl dropped her pocketbook in the vomit and then picked everything up and put it in the bag. And they just carried on like no big deal. And I think to me, the vomit wasn't the gross part. It was like the human response not existing is what I thought was disgusting. I can still see, like, the pukes running down her chin while she's still flirting and trying to get this guy to buy her drinks and do whatever. I mean, in the area you work, some guy might have. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. really true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. We did have... Yeah, I, maybe we shouldn't go down these paths because the area I work. <laughs> and then we all know each other. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would say that. And then uh, one time someone did shit in the bathroom on the... On the wall of the bathroom I, like a hover gone wrong yeah um, 
but not my. I always say like, lady bartenders, we don't have to pay for our drugs and we don't have to clean the vomit. <laughs> How long did the vomit sit there? Why did no one clean this vomit up? That this girl could drop her purse in it and this whole. No, this all happened in one fell swoop. And and to be honest, the story goes on even further where like DUIs were involved that night mm. and them calling each other to pick each other up from the police station. As they're next to So they together. both got DUIs. Yeah. 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 I don't want to get too many details. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel bad. They're they're lovely grown up ladies now, and they are moms, and they're amazing. But we're all not the same at forty one as we are at twenty one. Right. <laughs> it's like a dude, where's my car moment? But like, dude, where are you? I'm sitting next to you in jail. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much. Well, the one the one went home. Oh God, it's really bad. So the one went home and then called the other one when she got arrested. So the other one went to pick her up, and she fell out of her car in the police station to go pick this other one up. So she got hit with a DUI too. Yeah, yeah. Vomit on the chin. Yeah, we're just gonna still, still, I'm fine, officer. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna just say that it's probably just in general a really good idea not to after you've thrown up at a bar, don't drive. Let's just oh, like it's a baseline. <laughs> this is a, another like I don't even know if this is gross as much as like a I can't. I still don't understand how this happened. And um, if I share this with my TikTok, the girl who was involved in this, she'll probably laugh. But there was like a sex situation happening in one of our restaurants once. Yes. And it got um, aggressive where he asked her to stab him. So she stabbed him in the side while they were having sex in the bathroom. Or maybe the stabbing was the sex. I don't know. But yeah, there was a stabbing and it was sex related. It wasn't aggressive. It was, that was interesting. That was okay. an interesting one. <laughs> Let's not kink shame. I mean, don't yuck their yum. You know what? You're right. I'm, I'm, I apologize. You guys no, are totally no, good. No paramedics needed to be called, right? Uh, whether they needed to or whether they were, I don't. They were not called. Let's put it that okay. way. They were not called. Okay. Okay. There probably should have been stitches involved. <laughs> also, guys, like, don't have sex in bars if you're listening. Just like it's, it's stressful for us. Yeah. And, and you break sinks. Yeah. Or or yeah, um, or hand hand dryer things. I'm not talking about personal. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. If somebody's bathrooms, I don't even want to take my pants off to go to the bathroom, let alone have sex. Yeah. If there's nothing romantic about a smelling a urinal. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. But you know what? You're right. I shouldn't kink shame. Maybe someone likes that. That's true too. Yeah. That's true too. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right let's get back on track <laughs> are you okay. blushing is this sex talk oh, no i'm just trying to keep us on track here Thanks, <laughs> that's Adam. my job in this whole thing is just to keep everybody like to on on the same page right so if you could have any kind of bar if you could open a bar or work at a bar what's your dream bar to be at it was 30 and over cash only that was my dream bar i hate okay. people under the age of 30 I think the pandemic <laughs> took the 21-year-olds, all of them, all people under 30, drive me nuts. And it's not their fault. It's like the, it's the pandemic's fault because 21-year-olds used to be the worst clientele, but then the lockdown happened, so now it's up to, like, 24-year-olds. They don't know how to behave in a bar. But I think over 30 changes things. Cash only omits the no running a card on every Bud Light or Tito's and soda. Mm -hmm. um, but recently, I think I figured out Instead of that, I just want to be in like a retirement community on a beach in the Caribbean in some Latin American country. Every time. Yep. Every yep. time. That's like, that's where we all want to be. 
Yeah. Yeah. Why well, I'm doing it, it's going to happen. Oh yeah. Like, mark my words. I think it's just going to be at this point. If we just get all our friends who who have sat down with us on this podcast, we're all just going to be living in the retirement community, bartending for each other. I think it'd be amazing. Open when you want to open. Don't open when you don't want to open. Yeah. Like, I've been to these bars in the Dominican Republic, and we can do this. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it. And if someone throws up, you just kick the sand over it. Yeah. Throw your purse at it first, though. Yeah. What is your drink of choice first to drink and then your drink of choice to make? I like a, like a proper old-fashioned, not the mid-century old-fashioned. This is a fight I have with my manager all the time when he's muddling all his fruit and putting an ounce of simple syrup in his cocktail. So if it's a proper old-fashioned, I'm in for that. Don't judge me on my drinks that I like to make because it's really annoying. They're all kind of really annoying. But you know when you like do a trade for so long? Like my first job, I worked in a deli and I used to be able to slice um, a pound of cheese without using the scale. Like I just knew, you know what I mean? It was perfect every time without even like counting or anything. It's just muscle memory. Uh, So working in a country club for five years, I love making Cosmos and Martinis because it's always so perfect to the top of the glass. And people are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, it's my stupid human skill. Like the, 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 the drink itself, making it isn't necessarily fun, but it's like the, the look of it. Yeah. I enjoy that a lot. Like just the classic cocktail. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Run us through it so people can learn. How do you make your old fashioned? My old fashioned, if I were not at my work where we don't have turbinado sugar cubes, um, I would do turbinado sugar cube, flash it, like, uh, well, there's no video for this necessarily, but, like, you take the, the club soda on the gun and just wave it over the glass just so that a quick flash hits it. I hit it with some bitters. I, I just use Angostura because it's always available, but if I have it at home, like, I have orange bitters that I like to use, some, some chocolate bitters, whatever, whatever flavor you like. <laughs> then I hit that with the muddler to crush the sugar cube, the bitters, and the club soda. Um, and then in the other glass with ice, I mix the whiskey, um, just to chill it. And then I put it in the glass and then I'll mix it again with the glass with fresh ice and just a, a twist of orange, just super simple. Like if they really want a cherry, I'll throw the cherry in there, but I don't want to muddle it and have it be like a Wisconsin old fashioned, which is all sugar, you know, and the turbinado sugar is so much less sweet than simple syrup, which is what makes it nice yeah. for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> if you're going to go out and you're going to visit some places, where are some of your favorite places around New York or just in general that you like to go? Um, so keeping in mind that my days off are Sunday through Wednesday, these answers are going to be, you're going to judge me for these answers because they're not necessarily places you would want to go to during the weekends. Um, but the clients, I'm sorry, the clientele on these places on the weekends, is, uh, it's just awful but the staff is amazing. So the three bars that I go to the most when I'm not working, um, if it's football season, I love Woji's in the West Village. It's an Eagles bar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other two bars I like to go to on my off days are Happiest Hour and Fiddlesticks. (laughs) Fiddlesticks. I know. Because the the bartenders are amazing. The bartenders are really nice people. The cocktails are really good. The food at Fiddlesticks, believe it or not, is fantastic. So for like a Wednesday dinner, go to Fiddlesticks. Fiddlesticks, okay. Yeah, but if you want like a nice cocktail, also, I mean, they have a great cocktail program at Fiddlesticks, but um, if you want like a nice 
tiki cocktail happiest hour is really great and again don't go to these places thursday friday saturday even the staff will tell you don't go thursday Friday. where saturday. is happiest hour i've never heard of this bar uh it's on 10th street between uh greenwich avenue and 6th avenue it's like you know that really pretty library in the west village that looks like it was a church yes it's it's across the street from it on 10th street okay on 10th Cool. Um, but I like that. And then in Brooklyn, I like, um, Abe's Pagoda. I like Iona. I used to love Enid, but they closed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like bars that bartenders like to hang out at. I guess that's the, the way to put it. You yeah. know, I won't go to employees only on a Friday, but I'll go on a Monday. Right. You know, <laughs> um, do you want to either, I guess we can do this two ways. Cause we kind of added this one recently. Um, do you want to either shout out some amazing regulars or coworkers or describe the col- the the qualities of good coworkers or good regulars what makes a good bar patron what makes a good coworker I think a good patron is someone who is entitled but doesn't think that they're entitled does that make sense right like they know that they're going to be taken care of when as soon as they're able to be taken care of but they don't expect it like I, I don't I don't know if that was the right way to put it because like if I'm really busy, some bar some bartenders will take care of their regulars first, and they will make sure their regulars are satisfied, and then the new people will wait. But I bartend in the other way because I know the regulars aren't going to leave, and they know they see that I'm super busy, and I can pop that PBR for them at the same time as I'm serving these other people and put it down. So the the for me, a good patron is someone like that that is not just shitty and expecting everything because they know they're going to get it. Um, and for coworkers, just pull your fucking weight. You know what I mean? Pull your weight. Like, if we're splitting tips, I think we should be behind the bar for the same amount of time. That kind of stuff. Like, get as drunk as you want, but do your job. Um, I'm very lucky because I work in a staff of five. So I can't shout any of them out because they're all my brothers, and we all are great. And even the owners, the owners, it's like family. I'm going to be taking stand-up classes with the owner of the bar because that's how much he's, like, encouraged me to be doing these open mics and stuff lately. So... Um, no, I don't want to shout any of them out because then they'll get an ego and I love them all equally and they're all great. And they're all awful equally as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cool. So before we, we, we end, you have an online presence. Do you want to shout out where people can find you and let people know where they can uh, see your videos and your bartending complaints? (laughs) Which videos? No, (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. If you just go to my, I have a website that I'm building. It's just uh, NikkiDoe.com, N-I-C-K-Y-D-O-E.com. That'll give you links to my TikTok and my Instagram and my Twitter. Um, it does not have a link to OnlyFans because I never actually did that. So that was a joke. I mean, it's not uh, the streaming thing is not a joke. The OnlyFans is a joke. I mean, OnlyFans. Um, but yeah, on there, I have like my blog, which I haven't updated. I'm just very lazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm lazy. I, I started building this website a year ago, but it will give you my links. So, Awesome. So, thanks so much, guys. Thank you very much for sitting down with us. Uh, this was really cool. Alex, say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. <laughs> here at the buyback, one of the things we want to do is talk about bar etiquette. So, here is our bar rule. Bar rule. I don't know. I'm just fucking around. All bar. Wait, bar rule. All festivals should be on beaches. Bar um, rule. All festivals <laughs> should be on beaches. Yes. Bar rule. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed The Buyback, follow us on Twitter at The Buyback, on Instagram at The Buyback Podcast, or email us at thebuybackpodcast at gmail.com.
We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. And if you are a bartender or know a bartender who should be on the podcast, let us know. Please like and subscribe. If you write a review, it will actually help boost us as well. So anything you can do to support us would be awesome. Tell your friends. Remember to be nice and tip your bartenders well, and we'll see you next time. Well, there we go. And I'm like Kogan, motherfuckers!